Today's podcast is presented by Podgo. Podgo is the easiest way for you to monetize your podcast, providing podcasters with a flat rate for ad space so you always know how much you get when you include an ad from Podgo. Apply today to become a member and immediately be connected with advertisers that fit your audience. That's podgo.co at p-o-d-g-o dot c-o. And when you get to the how did you hear about Podgo section of the application, let them know that Captain's Log sent you. Captain's Log, the podcast devoted to discussions and insights into the supernatural, occult, and all-around strange happenings of our world. I think our goal there's someone in the house with us to entertain and disturb, perhaps like no one has before. <laughs> Start date 0309-2021. Trying to do more uh, Shatner. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Captain's Log. This is your Captain, Jose Valle Jr., speaking to you all the way from the Beehive State of Utah, and joining me virtually from the Hawkeye State of Iowa is my co-host and First Officer Mason Schrader. Welcome, Mason. How are you doing? Oh, I'm still alive. Uh, well, that's good enough, isn't it? You can't ask for much more than that. Well, folks, we are back with another episode in our Sinister Stories of the Southeast portion of our Unsolved U.S. series, in which we are tackling various urban legends across all the regions of the U.S. Today, we will be taking a look at the twin states of North Carolina and South Carolina for some eerie and interesting urban legends, to to, to put it plainly. Um, speaking of twins. Yes, I just found out today that Elizabeth Olsen, <laughs> sister to the Olsen twins. <laughs> How crazy is that? <laughs> She's an Olsen sister? And nobody talks about it. Are you... Huh? Go ahead. You just found this out. I just found out today that Elizabeth Olsen is sisters with the Olsen twins. Mary-Kate an and Ashley. Olsen twin. Yes, Mary- she's not one of the twins. Have you ever seen the diss uh, track video that they made about Elizabeth Olsen when they were kids? I'm sorry. Yeah, so there's First a... First off, <laughs> I'm telling you that I just found out they're related oh, right, you're today, right, you're so right. I so think you, you know have. I haven't seen There's that. a. So now I have to process the fact that Mary-Kate and Ashley, whom I didn't even realize were related to Elizabeth Olsen, now you're telling me... They have a diss track for her? Yes, when they were children, um, uh-huh. some executive thought it would be funny, and they recorded a, <laughs> it's actually kind of catchy, a um, <laughs> a music video where there's, uh-huh. it's a song where they're basically uh-huh. like, we love you, Elizabeth, Lizzie, because they called her Lizzie. They're like, we love you, Lizzie, uh-huh. but you're not invited to hang out with us. And it's like them uh-huh. just being like, you suck, and you can't hang out with us. But they're all children. Uh, um right. But also, <laughs> they probably made that when the Olsen twins were the were more the, popular yes. oh, yeah, of the three. They also, I think they have a younger brother, I believe. They do have a brother and two other half-siblings. Yeah, so there's that. Yes. Uh, you know what's crazy? But Elizabeth Olsen, also, when you look at them, she's very obviously related to Oh, yeah, to them. definitely. Um, here's something else that's going to blow your mind. You know Tony Stark from Fortnite? Well, guess what? He's actually from the Avengers films. I'm sorry. What are the Avengers? Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just no. I've been watching Paul, WandaVision because I love Paul Bettany. If you're joining us today, you already know how our Unsolved US series works, so there's really no need to explain it. If you are new and you feel like you need an explanation, then maybe start with part one of this portion uh, or just hang along. It's pretty self-explanatory. Uh, with that out of the way, Mason, are you ready to hit the road? Beep, beep, brum, brum. Hop on, Jose. I'm putting my scarf on and my old-timey Ooh. helmet. Yeah, my, and yeah. the goggles. Yeah, lowering yeah. our goggles. <laughs> yes. Then let's All ride. Right. Hit it. Uh... <laughs> well, we saw the sights in Nashville. We picked up a copy of the Bell Witch's Greatest Hits. 
and now we head east to North Carolina, the Tar Heel State. With Shout out to other states that are so, they didn't have anything, so they just got named after the college that's there. I guess maybe not. I don't really know. Oh, because you're... Cause, the, cause, North Carolina, like, Tar Heels, yeah. Iowa is the Hawkeye State, but right. I guess it was probably the Hawkeye State before. I guess Iowa mm-hmm. probably took the Hawkeye thing. Who knows? I don't know. Uh, named we after are... Alan Alda's character in, um, in MASH. Mm. We are named... I don't know why I thought you'd get that reference. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why you thought I would. We <laughs> we are named after the fact that, I mean, pretty much after the fact the Mormons were so good at listening, because we're supposed What's to be like little Utah worker State bees, thing? the Beehive State, because we're really good worker bees. Uh, so uh-huh. you know. Oh, I mean, I just assumed it was the cult state, but I mean, I guess whatever. Within the pine forest and swamps lies a small town by the name of Bladenboro. A town that was home to a vampire. Not the cape-wearing Widow's Peak, I want to suck your blood type, but a great ferocious vampiric beast that would come to be known as the Beast of Bladenboro. It began in Bladen County in the town of Clarkton on December 29, 1953. A local woman heard her neighbor's dog whimpering and whining, and so she went out to investigate. She saw a strange cat-like creature sulking in the shadows. This was reportedly the first sighting of the beast. I just love how in the old days where they're constantly, it was like a cat-like creature. <laughs> so oh, like you a, mean, so it was a, it was cat. a cat. That just means it was a, like, if it, you know what cats are known for is sulking in the shadows. Yeah. It was that's obviously kind of their thing. Um, it meowed just like a cat. It <laughs> had ears just like a cat. Hmm. But it wasn't a cat. Why Must wasn't it a cat? Must have been some vampire beast. <laughs> well, two days after, the beast would strike for the first time. On New Year's Eve, Bladenboro Police Chief Roy Forez was called out to a local farm to investigate the deaths of Woody Storm's two dogs. They had been killed by... Se- <laughs> Wait a minute. This man's name is Woody Storm. Isn't that fucking... I, I, I was so distracted by the fact that they called the sheriff to investigate dog deaths? Hmm. In the 50s? Yeah. Who was well, well, what else what were they f- doing in the 50s? You know what I mean? Well, what farmer is like, the dogs died, must be, well, this a, is- must be murder. Well, this is why, right? Because they had been killed by something strong and powerful. Their bodies were completely drained of blood. Reports of sightings began to flood in. A service station owner by the name of D.G. Pite said he watched watched from said service station as a dog was attacked and dragged into the forest by the beast. It's just sitting on the, like, huh. Hmm. It's like a dog is screaming for its life. (laughs) He's like, hmm. Hmm. That's not, doesn't happen every day. Not my business. <laughs> well, I better get to cleaning. Chief Forrest was overwhelmed by the large number of reports about dogs being attacked across the county. <laughs> it just keeps murdering dogs. Yeah. Eyewitnesses described the creature as a bear or panther that was three feet long, <laughs> 20 inches high, Wait. with a long tail and a cat's face. What? Okay, so it's a mountain lion? Uh... I don't Maybe know. a bobcat? If it's three yeah. feet long, it's a bobcat? Maybe. It's just a bobcat that's bold enough to attack dogs? Mm-hmm. Maybe. Well, I, no, not maybe. If it's three feet long, 20 inches high, and has a cat's face, that's a bobcat. It's a vampire beast, Mason. Okay? It's not a vampire Jesus beast. Christ, it's a bobcat. It's a bobcat that attacks dogs. And I'm guessing, normally I get it, bobcats probably don't attack dogs normally, but this is obviously just a bobcat. No. <laughs> no. Others never got to see the creature, but reported hearing its screams coming from the swamp, and described it as sometimes sounding like a crying baby, and at other times like a lady with a knife stuck in her back. Oh, I like that so very specific. De- yeah, well, yeah, right. It, this is what it sounds like. But I like that very specific description, like not just a woman screaming, but being like, "It sounds like a woman if, if she had a knife in her back." Well, well Phil, to be fair, Jose, how, how what do it you sounded know that, like Phil? was, oh, fuck, there's a knife in my back. <laughs> so, to be fair, I mean, you're actually Jesus wrong on Christ. this one. I think that sounds like a woman with a knife in her back. What makes you say that? Fuck, the knife, it's in my back. Someone, ah, <laughs> oh, God, the knife is right, it's right between my shoulder blades in my back. Fuck, ow, shit, the knife in my back. <laughs> you're right, it does sound like a lady with a knife it in her back. It does sound a little bit like that. On January 1st, the bodies of two more dogs were discovered also drained of blood, and thus Chief Forrest decided it was time to call for help. 
a team of professional hunters was brought in from Wilmington to track down the beast. Chief Forrest joined them on the hunt, stating that he had found footprints the size of a silver dollar. Wait, well, how big is a silver dollar? Uh, oh, that's I've, got, thing. I've literally got one right on my yeah, they're right not, in front of my desk. I, they're not huge, right? They fit pretty much in the palm of a maybe a grown man's hand. I have smaller hands, so it might be as big as my entire hand. Okay, but, <laughs> so it's got this is it's a tiny it's got tiny feet. Well, it's bigger than a silver dollar. So he's like, I guess oh, he's saying okay. like it's not a cat or a dog. Right. So it's a mountain lion or a bobcat. So it's probably a mountain lion or a bobcat. <laughs> well, I don't understand right. how they're just like it can't be. Well, and we'll get into it as to maybe why. Right. Mm. Then on January fifth, things took a turn when the beast of Bladenboro tried to attack a human. Ah. That evening, Mrs. C. E. Kinslaw heard the sound of whimpering dogs outside of her house and went to check. It was there that she saw a large cat-like creature rush toward her. Mm -hmm. She let out a scream and her husband quickly rushed out, frightening mm -hmm. the beast who disappeared back into the darkness. The following is from a news clipping of the time. Vampire charges woman. Bladenboro, January 5th. A large marauding cat that has killed and sucked the blood of at least seven dogs charged a woman here tonight but turned and fled into a swamp when she screamed and her husband rushed onto the scene. Police Chief Roy Forrest said the animal charged into the yard of Mrs. C.E. Kinlaw when she went out to her front porch to investigate whimpering dogs in the street. After the incident occurred, the armed posse that went out tonight to track down and kill the vampire swelled to some 500 people and scores of dogs. Mrs. Kinlaw, who lives in the mill village near Bladenboro Mills on Highway 211, one mile west of here, said she heard the dogs whimpering early tonight and went to investigate. Near the dogs, she said, was what looked like a big mountain lion. <laughs> it raced from three doors down the dirt street in front of her house to a few feet from her porch, then turned back when she screamed and her husband rushed out of the house. A neighbor also came to her aid. Chief Forrest said tracks in the dirt road in front of the Kinlaw home were bigger than a silver dollar. A search party from Wilmington, which tracked the animal last night as it moved in a three-mile circle along the edges of the swampy areas, found tracks which revealed claws. Um, I like that she's like, it looked like a mountain lion. It's probably because it it's is. It's a vampire. <laughs> but also, I like how everyone in this fucking town is so nosy <laughs> that anytime yeah. they hear dogs whimpering, they're like, now what's going on out there? <laughs> like, you're in the fucking country. They're probably... I don't know. There's a thousand things that they're probably whimpering at constantly. I just, I just can't get over how they're like. Well, maybe it was a vampire that bit a mountain lion. <laughs> it's like, no, you no. dummy. It's a mountain lion. Uh, as newspapers picked up the story, Bladenboro was flooded with hunters from all over, coming in to try and capture or kill the beast. The only problem was nobody was really sure what exactly it was that they were hunting. Some speculated it could be a Carolina panther a species that had gone extinct at this point. Others thought it was a coyote or a wild dog. But regardless, the... <laughs> Everyone's like, it was like a cat. And someone's like, hmm. Could be a coyote. Be a dog. <laughs> what if it's a dog? <laughs> but regardless, the hunters were intent on killing the creature and identifying it later. The town was terrified. <laughs> Shoot first, we'll ask questions later. Ev Butler, who was a young man at the time, recalls, Nighttime was feared time around these parts. As the sun set, the entire community on the west side went indoors and didn't come out unless necessary. As time went by, things got crazier and crazier, with more and more guns flooding the town. So Mayor Bob Fossil and Chief Forrest decided to put an end to the madness once and for all, calling an end to the hunt after taking a bobcat that had been trapped by a farmer and hanging it from a flagpole in the middle of town with the sign that read, This is the Beast of Bladenboro. And it seemed that that was the end of it until 2007. Also, <laughs> I like that they're just fucking hung it from a flagpole. Yeah, what? fucking assholes! Like Jesus Christ! It's a Bob. Okay, sure. Whatever. Yeah. This time, bringing more surprises and fear with it. The carnage was maximized, with upwards of 60 goats having their blood drained and their heads completely crushed. Other nice. places reported losing 10 dogs to the creature in two weeks. More tracks are found this time measuring four and a half inches in diameter. It seems, though, that as quickly as it emerged, the creature returned to the swamps and now is only spotted on the rarest of occasions. In 2008, the television show Monster Quest set out to find the creature but yielded no real results. They simply concluded... Oh, what? Monster Quest didn't find anything. <laughs> I know, right? It's so fucking weird. You would think that yeah. they would... I don't know. 
They simply concluded that what people were seeing was most likely a cougar. The only problem? Cougars have been extinct on the east coast of the United States for a very long time now. So that, that you know, how we you know, we talked about it maybe being a mountain lion, but the thing is, they're, they're not around anymore in, in that section of the United States. Well, I they're, just think, I think it was they've a been, large, uh, I think it was a large bobcat. I think the people got it right for the first time in the 50s when they killed that bobcat. I yeah. bet that's what it was. Yeah. Anyway, we might never know what the beast of Bladenboro is, but we can know whether Mason thinks this story is spooky or kooky. Um, I think that was kind of kooky because it was obviously just a big. Well, cat. yeah, right. It, it, I don't think there's a supernatural explanation. I think it could just be, uh, like you said, any sort of big cat that maybe was just fucking crazy and went overboard in its killing. You know, they're wild maybe animals, so I don't understand. I mean, the head crushing thing is is interesting, but it makes me think that maybe when it reemerged in 2007, it could have just been someone trying to bring the story back and doing yes. that themselves. Because crushing and a yes. head, I don't, I don't think that's very yeah. common for wild animals, except maybe no, a fucking I think lion. The, I think the 2007 thing was like fake. It was probably yeah. a hoax. I think it's kooky. Uh, the picture of it does look really cool, and it and I think that if it looked like that. And it was real. That would be sick as hell. I mean, but even I that think. picture is basically just a saber-toothed tiger. Well, that to me, the 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 picture that was sketched, it, it looks like the one cat from uh, Attack of the Clones, <laughs> from Star Wars Attack oh, of the Clones. Oh yes, it does. You yeah. are correct. South of Siler City, in the rolling hills of southern Chatham County, deep in the woods near Harper's Crossroads, sits one of the most strange and unexplained locations in North Carolina, the Devil's Tramping Ground. The Devil's Tramping Ground is a perfectly round, mysterious, barren circle about 40 feet in diameter found in the pine woods of Chatham County. Nothing will grow there, not even pesky weeds that seem to grow everywhere. It seems this circle is completely devoid of life. Seeds planted there will never grow. Any vegetation transported there will wither and die. What is even stranger is that any object left within the boundaries of the circle overnight will be thrown outside of it by morning. Dogs cower and whimper when brought near the circle. Many have tried spending the night within the grounds, but no one has survived the night without losing their sanity. It seems as if they all see something that pushes them over the edge and scars them for the remainder of their mortal lives. There is okay. a re- Yeah. Well, okay. I don't know. Who <clears throat> do we have? Uh, Jose, who's, the, who's our source on people who spend the night there lose their mind? Yeah. Who's the source? The, Tell me. Who's the uh, source? People who said that on the, the internet. People who see. This is what I'm saying. <laughs> Listen, I, I doubt it. I just doubt it. This is all conjecture. I was maybe in on it when like things get thrown out of the circle. Uh -huh. I just find it hard to believe that anybody who spends the night there goes completely insane. Goes cuckoo for cocoa puffs. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yes. Right. That seems. <laughs> it just seems unbelievable to me. Right. No. I think. People could be spooked, but where are the case numbers? You know what I mean? Yeah. Why is this not like, most a... more heard of? If people are going insane, mentally yeah. insane, after spending lots of people, where's the numbers, guys? Is there an asylum yeah, in this town? Yeah, just dedicated to people uh, that, that go there? With an entire wing, yeah, dedicated to the circle. And if there is, maybe we should put a fence around Don't it. let people go there. Yeah. Yes. Anyway. There is a reason this is called the Devil's Tramping Ground. As many believe, this is where the devil walks around at night, pacing the circle, <laughs> dreaming up new ways to torture and break human souls in hell and cause chaos and spread evil on earth. He just comes here and he's just like, hmm, I guess I could, I could, more dick pressings or, no, I'm guessing you, good. you. You probably aren't aware of this. It's a famous quote, though, for Iowans, where Jim Carrey once said that there's a stump in Iowa that he loves to sit on and think, or something like that. Uh huh. <laughs> uh, that's, that's just all I'm this. Imagining is the devil just being like, hmm. there's a... he's got little reading glasses. <laughs> he's yes. just like sitting there, like he's in hmm. hell. Like he's like, you know, there's a circle in North Carolina that I love to walk around in at night. <laughs> and they're like, it's just really fun. Oh, I like to think. I well. Mm. Uh, master, I don't. Why did you? Why do you hmm? gotta? Yes. Why do you go to that specific circle? If I can ask, uh, to walk. I go where I go there to walk. Oh, do you to walk inside? Walk in a circle, and then if there's a thing in the circle, I throw it out of the circle, cause it's my circle. Oh, 
There's and you said this was in North Carolina, say. not like, I don't know, like Rome or somewhere more like mm, no, tied North to Carolina. history and the relevant. No. <laughs> Have you been to North Carolina? Uh, no, I, I haven't a guy. I'm not okay, well, the then you wouldn't get it, would oh, you? Oh, well, yeah. Tim. <laughs> so maybe you don't question, who the fuck are you? I'm the devil. You I'm just sorry, questioned sir. me? I'm, I'm sorry. What I'm the sorry. fuck? I'm, I'm sorry. Yeah. That's, <laughs> mm. But also, like... Yeah, he's just. Just like, imagine you stumble across it. It's just the fucking devil, like, hmm, hmm. <laughs> just doing laps. What if I? What if I put a light bulb? Oh, but I. What, hello. Oh, oh, hey, hey. Actually, I'm really happy you're here. Um, I let me let me. I want to run some ideas by you real quick. Are you the mind. devil? And uh, yeah, okay. Light bulb in a butt. What would you say? Yeah, oh, that sounds that. horrible. Like, oh, that good, would good. Okay, so light bulb in a butt. Hurts. He's got what a about, fucking list. What about razors he's got the under note, your You know, he's doing it into the notes app into his iPhone. <laughs> Just yes, <laughs> Siri, remind me to put razors under the toenails of the damn. Oh, fuck, that sounds horrible. <laughs> Actually, what if? That, okay, ugh. hear this one out. Hear me out. I've been trying to get real. I've been going through kind of a thing. I've been trying to get more mental with it. What if it's like you're in a glass case, right? You're in a glass case, and everybody okay. outside of the you can see it. You all your loved ones are outside of the glass case, right? Okay, right. And then, and then behind, behind your loved ones, there's like, um, there's like a, it's like a, yeah, it's like a laser and that laser, it's going to cut your family and loved ones in half. And, and you try to scream, but you can't, they can't hear you cause you're in the box and then you got to watch them get cut up and then cut in half. And then, and then that just happens over and over again. Huh? Huh? Man, are things that bad in hell that you have to do all this? Can't you just stick to the classics? Okay. Okay, okay, well, what about, oh, 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 this one's real, this one's real good, okay, I've been having a bit of writer's block, but this one, I wonder if they gotta eat, they gotta eat a bunch of macaroni. Ah, that sounds like horrible. A, like, they gotta eat, like, a, a bucket, they gotta eat, like, a bucket of oh, macaroni. Oh, no, I don't like that at all. No? Good, okay, 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 what about, uh, they gotta, you hey, know. real quick, why are you in yeah. the woods mm -hmm. in North Carolina, if I can ask? No, you can't ask, actually. <laughs> Others say, here is where the devil dances in his true horrific form. Just doing the jerk. <laughs> Remember the jerk from last episode? <laughs> no, you know what it is? It's, it's, it's the never scene from Footloose. Where he like goes to yes. the empty lot. Never, 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 never. <laughs> He's just doing the Kevin Bacon dance. He's got the oh, like the wife hey, beater oh. on. Oh, ha, oh, ha, oh, yeah, okay. that's good. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's pretty good. Man, if only we they could... They make fun we, of me and we, they bully me in hell for this, but God, I love to dance. If only we had access to an animator that can animate that <laughs> segment, because that would be incredible. Just the devil dancing to never from Footloose in the circle. Never, never. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. The scorching heat... Uh, of his hoof prints is what has ruined the land forever. It is he who throws things out of the circle as he doesn't like things being in his way. Others fucking goddamn litterers. <laughs> oh, I come up here, I've got to do my thinking. Trash. Um, others believe that the circle is tied to the Native Americans who used to inhabit the area. These people believe that it was a meeting ground for the tribes, and their ceremonial dances are what made the ground bare. They just danced so fucking hard <laughs> that they made it so that nothing would ever grow they there. They were also doing the never dance. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> These damn white men never, 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 never. never. <laughs> uh, another explanation links the area to the lost colony of Roanoke, believing that the tramping ground was an area called Croatoan, Named for the tribal chief buried there after a bat after a battle, and that's the that's it. That's the connection that they make. I don't understand how that explains it, but you know, <laughs> okay. None of that makes any sense. Scientific explanations for the characteristics of the Devil's Tramping Ground have been offered as well. Some say horses used in the operations of old molasses mills created the spot with their constant circular treading. However, comparisons to the paths formed at similar mills do not support this theory. The mystery of what exactly the Devil's Tramping Ground is has been around since before the War for Independence, and it is possible that we will never truly know the explanation. But what do you think, Mason? Spooky or kooky? 
I think we gotta it, go visit this place at some point and just. Oh, I agree. To we definitely look need to visit at it. it. A fucking a, a circle. It is interesting that nothing grows there. You know that is kind of spooky yes, that like nothing will is, grow there. I wouldn't but even call it spooky. It's just intriguing. It's yeah. a it's a hole. I mean, it's a circle in the ground. It's fine. So you think it's spooky well, or you probably, think it's kooky? It's I think I don't it's kooky. I guess. Yeah, it is kind of kooky. It's just isn't probably it? got rocks in it. Well, there's another know. explanation. I'm not a fucking scientist. <laughs> I don't fucking know. Uh, there was yeah. another explanation that said that it could be like something to do with salt because they found traces of salt there, and then maybe there's like salt beneath that spot that makes it so that nothing will grow there. Like you know what I mean? Cut to the devil salting a saint like a deviled egg. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like he actually he knocks the salt over and he's like ah fuck. And then Shit. nothing grew there again. <laughs> no, I, that, that's not even why. It's just he's salted. Oh. He just dropped the salt, and then yeah. someone was like, hmm. Salt. Oh, that's probably why nothing grows here. <laughs> I like to go up to the circle, and I eat my deviled eggs there. Because they're like me, you get it? Deviled eggs. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think it's cookie. It's cookie for me, too. The story of one of America's oldest unsolved mysteries begins in August 1587, when a group of about 150 settlers arrived off the coast of what is now North Carolina. With the settlers were two Native Americans, Monteo and Wachese, and the governor of this new proposed permanent colony, John White. Among the colonists were the governor's hello. wife. Hello. I'm John White. Uh, hello, Mr. White. Hi. Well, you, you have a some, good day now. Do you want some potato salad? Oh, I didn't put boy. any seasoning on it. Oh, jeez. Uh, no, it's yes. all right. You don't have to worry about bringing okay. anything to the party. Don't just, it's okay. Are you sure? Yeah, it's okay. Don't worry about it. I make a hell of a, I make a, no, I make a hell of a chicken leg. The trick is, I put a pinch of salt on it. Yeah, it's all right. You're our guest, so don't, you know, don't worry about it. Okay. The Native Americans well, are like, fuck, John White is coming to dinner again today. He's going to bring that fucking potato salad. Just pretend it's good. Just be like, How mm. do you do, boys? <laughs> Hello, Mr. White. Pleasure to have you with us. Oh, that, what, it's nice to meet you as well. Tell us. I don't, I don't really have a direction for this. <laughs> I don't either. I lost it, too. I just wanted to do the how do you do yeah. bit, and then I didn't. Yeah, okay, let's move on. Among the colonists were the governor's wife, his pregnant daughter, and his son-in-law. When they arrived, the colonists began to repair. Oh God, <laughs> the governor's wife, comma his pregnant daughter, yeah. not the governor's wife, his pregnant daughter. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> um, when they arrived, the colonists began to repair the homes of the previous explorers and build new ones. Within a couple of days from their arrival, Eleanor, the governor's daughter, gave birth to a baby girl. The first baby, the first English baby, to be born in the New World. Her name was Virginia. Hello. Virginia Dare. Oh, that's actually kind of a <laughs> that's good like name. That's a cool name, right? Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, she's just born and she's like, Hello, can I have some tea and crumpets, please? Um, I would love some... What's that? What's that breakfast that we have? That's like bread and and beans, that's, bangers and mash. Yeah, I would love some of that, wouldn't I? Th please and thank you. I'm the first baby <laughs> to be born here. Great, awesome. That's fine. Good for you. The colonists begged uh, the governor to return to England for more food and supplies in order to be able to survive in this new world. Reluctantly, John White agreed to return to England, only nine days after the birth of his granddaughter. All please, right. Please, Mr. White. Mm. Governor mm. White, we're, we're starving. Please, we need more food. We need supplies. Please. Are you thirsty? Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm so thirsty. I'll just swallow your spit. But, mm. Please, uh, <laughs> I've mm. lost two of my boys already. Not to starvation, mm. I just, they went out to play and I haven't, I don't know where they went, so, uh, mm. but, you know, I'm, mm. I'm hoping if you bring back some bread, I'll leave it out and it'll, it'll bring them back, it'll draw them there's back. food, there's food at home, though, you know but, that, But right? there isn't, though, Governor Wine, please. I just, you want me to go all the way to... I'm just, ugh, I just sat down. 
See, I just got I just, comfortable. I just it's like when you ask your dad to go to McDonald's. <laughs> yeah, and he doesn't. Like, like, uh, I just, I just got. Uh, I took my shoes off, and I. <sighs> Fine. We have food here, Dad. We don't have any food. <laughs> yes, mm. we do, and it's like crackers. Look, and, make a. It's crackers and ketchup, and he's like, Look. "All right, all right, fine, Damn I'll it. go." I could use a Big Mac. Uh, I am kind of hungry. He planned to get relief supplies and more colonists in England and return to Roanoke Island as quickly as possible. But as he arrived in England, war had broken out between the English and the Spanish. Queen Elizabeth I had called on every available ship to help combat the mighty Spanish Armada. Three years after leaving Roanoke Island, he was finally able to return in 1590. Guys, he... I'm back. You won't believe. <laughs> Holy shit. Some crazy shit. You won't believe guys? the things that have guys? been going on since I left. Hello? Where is everyone? <laughs> guys, is this another prank? Come on. Come on out here. You know I'm not, I don't find humor amusing. So <laughs> that's enough of this shenanigans. John White is back and he's got his groceries, so... <laughs> Come on. Guys, I came back because I heard you won the lottery. So now I've returned. A, <laughs> I got a, a lo- white There was bread. a really long line at the grocery store like you wouldn't believe. I got bologna sandwiches <laughs> for everybody. But when he arrived, he found no sign of the settlers anywhere. The only possible clue to their fate was a single word carved into a post. Croatoan. There are many theories as to what happened to them, with the most widely accepted one being that they were absorbed into a nearby friendly Native American tribe. Croatoan was the name of a nearby island as well as the tribe who inhabited said island. So some believe that they were absorbed into the Croatoans, but there has been no conclusive evidence to back this theory up. I never I never first understood that because, like, wouldn't they have seen white people mm-hmm. in the tribe? I mean, I guess yeah. there was only 150 of them, but, mm-hmm. like, I don't know how big the tribe was, but, yeah. like... Well, and and the idea behind that is that they, you know, uh, I, I, I didn't include this, but I, I should mention it. They tried to search for them a bunch of different times, and every time, like, for whatever reason, they just couldn't. So, like, John Y tried to search for them, and then there was a, a hurricane that hit right as they were about to, and his men refused to to go and, 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 and help search because of the incoming storm. So he was forced to return to England. Um, a couple years later... Um, uh, Sir Raleigh, I can't remember his full name, but he was like the one who had who had commissioned this colony in the first place. He tried to search for them. Same thing as they were getting closer to the islands. A hurricane hit. They weren't able to, uh, uh, you know, dock. I and, do, but and I then, which is interesting, how... when he got back, he was yeah. he was uh, uh, Ra- Sir Raleigh. When he got back, he was then tried for treason for trying to look for them. So there was like a bunch of weird circumstances that didn't allow them yeah. to be able to find well, them. But I also so love then, how it's like, yeah. there's a hurricane. We can't go now. And it's like, okay, the hurricane's gone. Ah, I've, I don't really feel like it anymore. <laughs> I'm going to be honest. This you know what? I've got a new wife. Like... I've got a new, <laughs> I've got a new wife, a new daughter. And, uh, you know, it's just, I'm going to be uh, honest. Hey, we're kind of a bummer. <laughs> I'm happier now. Those guys fucking sucked. So, you know, look, I wear like, Hawaiian oh, shirts now. I got on a t-shirt that says who farted. <laughs> Oh, Governor uh, Hawaii, get us more food. Like, Jesus Christ already. I mean, honestly. Good Just God. live in a place with food. It's not that you difficult. You fucking idiots. Always complaining. I've never experienced any of this white privilege. <laughs> Sorry, I should I should clarify. White because, as in me, I'm in John me, White. I am John White. So there are two theories that I like and that I think are worth mentioning, uh, aside from this Native American one, right? The first mm-hmm. one states that the explanation to what happened to the colonist lies in the word Croatoan, a word that has been linked to many strange disappearances and events throughout history, that perhaps Croatoan is some sort of unexplained phenomenon or society or something else. Here's why people believe this theory. Right before his death, Edgar Allan Poe disappeared for a while. When he was seen, he was delirious. Allegedly, one of the last words that he said before his death was Croatoan. In 1888, a stagecoach robber, robber, uh, Black Bart, carved the word into the wall of his cell before he was released from prison. He was never heard from or seen again. The word also appeared in Amelia Earhart's journal after she disappeared in 1937. The last bed that horror writer Ambrose Bierce slept in before he disappeared in Mexico in 1913 had the word Croatoan carved into one of the bedposts. 
And finally, in 1921, the word appeared in the last page of the logbook of the ship Carol A. Deering when it crashed on Cape Hatteras near Croatoan Island. The ship was missing its entire crew. To be so, fair, though, Jose, you are forgetting that all of those other people that you mentioned, their last words were, before writing Croatoan, was, <laughs> this will freak people out. <laughs> that's so, right, I forgot to include that part. <laughs> But that's interesting, right? Because uh, it's kind of... That is pretty neat, yeah. yeah. The second theory states that the colonists resorted to cannibalism. But it goes further. Because Native Americans inhabited the nearby area, it is believed that the colonists fell prey to a spirit in the form of a beast known as the Wendigo, which we've talked about before. In some Native American lore, when people resort to eating human flesh, as is in the case of cannibalism, their bodies are taken <laughs> over by a Wendigo. If the people of Roanoke resorted to cannibalism, then according to this belief, they are still alive, roaming the woods of North Carolina in the form of inhuman flesh-eating monsters, the Wendigos. So, Mason, what do you think of the story? Spooky I, or kooky? My favorite part about the cannibal, I disagree with the Wendigo thing. I think they resorted to cannibalism, but, you know, eventually when you become cannibals, at a certain point, there's only going to be one person left, right? Mm-hmm. And then he just ate himself out of existence. <laughs> I, I, I I think this one is spooky, <laughs> uh, not necessarily yeah. because of the theories, but just because it's so weird that we still don't know what happened. Can't, you know, it's one of those things. Yeah, where, that, well, because this is a very popular story and the mm-hmm. fact that we still can't account for the 150 right. people and they, that they, disappeared. They, the, the Native American theory, right, they've they've... Yeah, I think it was started in 2011 or something. It was recent. They mm. tr- started doing DNA testing in nearby Native oh. American tribes to see if they were uh, any descendants, and they any haven't European, found any yeah. results. So, Interesting. you know. Interesting. Yeah. It's, uh, and, and, and there was other uh, explorers who came to the area that reported seeing um, white Native Americans or blonde Native Americans with green eyes or whatever. But it's just a, a, it's like Native Americans. It's like a full war paint, but it's like, it's just like, howdy, neighbor. Yeah. 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 He's wearing like the buckskin pants and the yeah. moccasins. And like, oh, God. Hey. Backhart's been doing a lot of gardening. Oh, I'm going <laughs> to squeeze right by you. Sorry about that. Hey, you got any, uh, you got any ranch? <laughs> oh, that's all right. I would kill anyway. for some ranch. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. Chief's calling me. We're doing, <laughs> yeah, we're doing a war party. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I got my. Uh, I gotta put my. Uh, gotta put my check, war check. face on. Ah. I got my 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 tomahawk. <laughs> I got my bow and arrows, and my knife. Okay, all right. Well, oh, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> let's get to going. <laughs> that wasn't. I'm gonna. No, I want to clarify I, yeah, that technically yeah, I, wasn't <laughs> racist because it was a white person. It was it was a white person doing the bit. Not. Never mind. I probably just move on. <laughs> Mason, uh, so then do you think it's spooky or kooky? It's spooky. I love yeah. the story of Roanoke. I, I like the theory that Croatoan could mean it does, that it doesn't just refer to the like the, I hadn't, yeah. the tribe, but that it could be something bigger. You know what I mean? Because I, I mean that kind of that, that showed up in so many. Yeah, I, I had no idea about that either. But it's it's interesting, especially where it's like you know, uh, I don't know, I don't know. Like maybe it was that they were just like, ah, oh, this will freak people out. But I mean, would you really <laughs> think that? No, I yeah, don't. You know what I mean? I can't imagine they were like, <laughs> or you know, or or maybe they did it as a funny, and then they died afterwards. <laughs> this is funny. <laughs> oh no! Oh shit! <laughs> Fuck! Um, yeah, I don't I'm know. I'm gonna start like writing that. that down every time, yeah. everywhere now, like once a day, just so when I if I die during, like I suddenly die during a day, everyone's like, "Oh my god, Croatoan!" But it's in, yeah, I don't know. It's uh, I think it's spooky. Mason, do yeah. you want to do an ad? Of course. Let's do an ad. Mason, have you been doing any reading lately? What are you a cop? <laughs> All right. Honestly, no, I haven't. But only because I just don't have the time to sit down and read a book. I'm busy doing, uh... You're not a cop, so I don't have to tell you. I... Well, I have great news, but... I mean, it seems like you're hiding something, but I'm just gonna... I'm gonna brush past it. Oh, I think it doesn't matter what I'm hiding from you. You're not a police officer. I'm just your trusted co-host, and... You know what? It's fine. Mason, I have been catching up on a lot of stories that I meant to check out, despite the fact... That uh, because I'm single, almost all of my time is spent making models. 
and it's all because of our friends over at Audible. Not the models thing. It is not their fault that I'm single. That's my own thing. The models thing. It doesn't matter. Audible offers you the ability to listen to great audiobooks written by your favorite authors while you do whatever it is that you do, like run a meth lab, which is what I think Mason is doing, and that's why he's not telling me this. But well, you can't prove it. <laughs> You're incriminating no. yourself. I understand. I said you can't prove it. That's not incriminating. That's a fact. I right, listen. I have a question for you. Jose. Yes. Is it true that Audible boasts a collection of not just thousands of audiobooks, but also a huge collection of podcasts, guided wellness programs, theatrical performances, A-list comedy, and exclusive Audible originals that you can't find anywhere else? Yes, that is true, Mason. And right now you can get a 30-day free trial by going to audibletrial.com slash captainslog or by clicking the link in the show notes. I'm recommending I'll Give You the Sun by Jandy Nelson and narrated by Julia Whelan and Jesse Bernstein. It's a great book about two twins and their love for art and how they grow apart in life and how they come back together. That sounds like it's not my cup of tea, or should I say book. I've been listening to Charlie Kaufman's Aunt Kind, narrated by Fred Berman. So they have something for everyone though, right? That's the point. So go get started on your 30-day trial now by going to audibletrial.com slash captainslog or by again clicking the link in the show notes and you'll be helping us out and helping yourself out. So go get started now and enjoy the rest of the podcast. Now it's time to head south to the Palmetto State of South Carolina. South Carolina has their own special vampiric legend, but this vampire doesn't just suck blood, but also the <laughs> life from a man. <laughs> oh, oh, well, actually. Uh, well, you can do that to a man um, through various different I'd methods. I'd charge $50 to suck a life out of a man. <laughs> Let me tell you, as someone who's paid for that, he's not bullshitting you when he says that. <laughs> they call me the, the dick vampire. <laughs> Uh, the Boohag is a mythical creature originating from Gula folklore. The Gula are descendants of enslaved Africans who inhabit the low country regions of South Carolina and Georgia. There is little known about the Boohags except for that they will gain access to a home through a door, window, or even the smallest of cracks. Okay, well that is anything that enters a house though. Well, I mean, <laughs> right? my, yeah, 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 uh, yes, you're right. It has to come through a door. Or a window. Or an opening. It has to come through an opening. It can't go through a window wall. That's <laughs> a wall, all we yeah. know for sure. Originally, the hags have no skin. So they go around stealing the skin of their victims to disguise their appearance. They will sit on a man's chest and suck <laughs> the life out of him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think it's called 69, mm-hmm. right? That um, sounds dope as shit. <laughs> or in other variations, his blood through his nose. There is one particular legend of a boo hag that has been passed around from generation to generation. Can you imagine just waking up and like someone's like on your nose, like just like a like a woman's just got her like mouth around your nose? I, and you're like, I'm gonna be honest with you. I've been single for a long time. That I might just be like, yeah, this is fine. I'm gonna let this happen. I'm let this go on. <laughs> this is the. This is fine. Oh, okay. <laughs> so sad, buddy. A young man had just married a beautiful young lady who was new to their quiet town. Late one night, as he was lying in bed, he heard a noise coming from the attic. He turned over to see his new wife not in bed beside him. Looking around the house, he couldn't find her anywhere. He only had one place left to search, the attic. Upon reaching the top of the attic stairs, he immediately noticed that the attic window was wide open. Then he saw something else. The window frame wasn't painted blue. He was worried, but returned to bed, exhausted from his long day of work. Wait, it wasn't painted blue? Yes, because uh, it's part, uh, I don't remember if the story explains it, but it's part, one of the ways to keep out a boo hag is to paint the window frame blue. And I guess sure, he had okay. just noticed that it wasn't painted blue. The next morning, when he woke up, she was in bed fast asleep. He didn't mention what had happened. That night, he acted very tired and went to bed early. He pretended to be fast asleep when his bride walked into the bedroom. When she knew he was asleep, she exited the room and returned downstairs. The husband snuck downstairs and watched her with fear from behind a door. She removed her clothes and sat naked at a spinning wheel. She began to pump the treadle and the wheel started spinning. 
The young woman touched her finger to the spindle and her skin began to wrap around it like yarn. The woman began to sing, Spin, spin, reel off skin. Her skin began sliding off her body and wrapping into the spindle. The woman sat there, a fleshless, red, bloody mess. She had no eyelids and was all red muscle. The husband watched in terror. She was a boo I just, if, if that happened to me... Just I'd ask for a divorce, like, I think. No, I'd just be like, baby, no secrets, okay? I mean, listen, I'm gonna love, I'm gonna love her regardless of whether she has, she's a boo hag or not. So she might as well just tell me, and I'll just, she, you know, no more. She doesn't have to sneak around. She could just be like, honey, I'm off to the to get some skin. And I'm yeah, like, I, I also like that this boo hag was like, I'm gonna settle down. I won't kill this she guy, but I'll go nice. around and kill yeah. other guys. Yeah, right. She, so you know, you know, it's, it's just business, it. really. Yeah, it's still her husband. You know, right. I don't care where where she goes off to work during the yeah. day. I just want to know, uh, you know, that I just want to know she's going to work. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. He made a stealthy run back to the bedroom when she looked away. He slid into bed and pretended to be asleep once more. <laughs> Are you asleep? He's asleep. Yes. I mean, wait, what? <laughs> The hag looked in on him as she passed through the hall, making sure he was still asleep. The hag continued into the attic, leaving through the window into the black of night. The husband followed and witnessed her soar out of the window. She let out a horrible cackle and disappeared into the darkness. The young man knelt for a moment, sobbing at the loss of his beautiful wife. Knowing what he had to do, he gathered the supplies. He painted the window frame blue, then locked it from the inside. He then unreeled the skin from the spindle. Taking the salt and pepper, he <laughs> shook it all over the inside of the flesh. The man hung it by a nail outside the back door, then returned inside, locking the blue-framed door behind him. So, and, uh, let me... Uh, you yeah, may yeah. not know the answer to this, but was it his wife when they married? And well, then that's she, an interesting like, question, taken? right? Okay. I, I assume yeah. that's kind of... It seems like that's that's what the... The the fact that he like knelt down and cried she at a loss of his. She just turned into a boohag the other night. Well, it, it, the the fact that he that he cries for his wife or whatever makes me think that his wife was killed by the boohag and then she stole her skin. So maybe she gotcha. wasn't a boohag when he married her, but rather she was a normal girl. But then the fact that the that the story starts with with it saying she's a, she was new to town also makes me yeah. think that she could have been a boohag. Look, it's not well right. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, at dawn, the boohag returned to the attic window. She let out a horrendous scream at the sight of the newly blue frame. She circled around the house, searching for an entry. When she saw her skin, the boohag murderously searched for her husband, but he was safely inside. With no other options and dawn approaching, she reached for her skin to return to her body. She began to put it on, and it was just over her bloody skull when she felt it. The salt and pepper ruthlessly burned her skin as she let out a blood-curdling scream. She continued screeching and clawing at her skin. She began thrashing around, screaming, and turning disoriented in every direction. In her confusion, she flew up in the air above the swamp and burst into a thousand pieces. They all fell like rain into the murky water below. Uh, <laughs> and that was the end of that boo hag. <laughs> So, Mason, what do you think? Spooky or kooky? It honestly it honestly depends on whether or not she was a boo hag when he met her. Right. Uh, you know what I mean? Yes. Because I'm not afraid of the boo hag that loves me. I'm afraid of the boo hag that steals the person I love. Right. But do you think, in general, boo hags, spooky or kooky? I mean, I think they're I spooky because I anything. Yeah. This is like the thing with skin, Tom. I think anything without its skin just looks weird, and and it's spookity wookity mm. to me. You know what I mean? But at yeah. the same time, <laughs> the weakness is a blue door frame or window frame, and salt and pepper. I mean, listen. You say that that's kind of silly, but honestly, would you be safe from a boo hag right now? No, I well, I'm I've, not. Actually, I have salt right next to my desk. Weirdly well, yeah, enough, but you but, need, I mean, but, but yes, like, I get what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. No, you're right. You're right. So, I wouldn't be. So I'm going to get do, killed by one today. I am curious to go to this area of South Carolina. I wonder if there's a lot of like blue painted frames. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what I mean? Just yeah. out of curiosity, I'd like to know, but yeah. So then kooky like or spooky? It. 
Spooky? I think it's spooky. I like it. I think it. it's spooky for me too, just because uh, there's like a, a, a couple illustrations, if you look them up, where it like shows a scary witch lady on top of a man. And I think that's very spooky. It was. It is a creepy drawing. I like it a <clears throat> yeah. lot. But again, I don't know. I mean, yeah. I don't know. I mean, listen, again, if she's up front with me, she's like, listen. Well, especially if she's wearing skin 90% of the time, right? Yeah. She's like, She's like, listen. Every night, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta sew my skin, and I gotta. Sometimes I gotta go get more skin. I'm like, okay, like that's fine. Cool. I'm not gonna wait up. (laughs) Bring breakfast back. This next legend sounds like something out of a bad B-level horror movie, but the people of Lee County, South Carolina, are adamant that a strange reptilian monster inhabits the swamps around them. This is the legend of the Lizard Man. It begins in 1988 when Christopher Davis, a 17-year-old, pulled over on the side of the road to change a flat tire on his way home from a late shift at McDonald's. It was 2 a.m. when Davis stopped his car and got out. As he was working on his car, he saw something emerge from the woods. It was green, wet-like, about 7 feet tall, and had 3 fingers, red eyes, skin like a lizard, and snake-like scales. He told the local paper at the time... (laughs) (laughs) Y'all want some gold bond? (laughs) <laughs> it's the only thing that keeps my skin from getting scaly because <laughs> he was like sweaty because he just played yeah, basketball I like the idea of this kid like pulling over and he's like oh shit and it's just Shaq he's like you want some gold bond <laughs> like just I, uh, emerging out of the shadows I don't hey, fit how in do I, Buick I, my car broke down I don't know where I am can I you got a self you you got a phone I can use? I'm not a lizard. Did you think I was a lizard? <laughs> oh, I was just wearing this lizard skin to blend in. Sorry. Um, <laughs> I don't want to hear it, Chuck. Sorry, that was it. Yeah. No, I get it. Oh, do you? I play NBA 2K sometimes. Oh, okay. I didn't know. I... Yeah, I don't. Not enough. So, he he told a local paper at the time that he... Someone th- thought I was a lizard, Ernie. <laughs> <laughs> he then jumped in his car as the creature... <laughs> Story on yeah. <laughs> I uh, walked out of the woods. Well, there's one time I was in Oregon. Look me Carolina. right in the face and he says, You're a lizard man. I say, Listen, kid. I'm I'm Shaquille O'Neal. NBA legend Shaquille O'Neal. Man, I, uh, you know how many titles I got? You gonna we're confuse me? To, I'm starting to, we're both starting to do a bit of an Elvis. Yeah, yeah. Shaq. Hey, you know, you know how many titles I got, kid? I spent so much time with the Lakers, you have no idea. Uh, <laughs> Me and Kobe used to play together. Oh. <laughs> he well anyway he, he told the local paper at the time that he then jumped in his car as the creature leapt onto his roof, damaging his car. After telling his father, I uh, don't the know sto- my own strength. Sometime. <laughs> <laughs> After Stop, telling his father the story, his father made him file a report with the local police station. He would then later take a polygraph test and pass. It seemed that the encounter in 1988 was the end of it. But then, in 2011, a couple reported that their car had been mauled overnight, and the culprit, according to them, the Lizard Man. Then, in 2015, he was reportedly photographed and filmed walking around the woods. Mason, I've included the photograph for you to see, and listeners, I will link it in the show notes, because you have to look at this picture. Mm-hmm. That is legit mm-hmm. what this lady took a picture of and said, that it was it terrified her, and that it was... <laughs> the li- I mean, yeah, that thing would scare the shit out of me if I saw it walking but, but it's, around. It, it's obviously not a, a lizard man, but it's obviously a man in a lizard suit. Right, that and would if spook I saw me. That, but I, I just shit myself. <laughs> the I, fact mm-hmm. that people use this as being like, this is legitimately a picture of the lizard man. It just looks like I'm telling you, it, it looks, looks like a looks bad like Godzilla one of the costume from the Godzilla, yeah, yeah, the early Godzilla movie. I think this is promotion for the new Kong versus Godzilla. <laughs> so <laughs> I want to see this guy fight a fucking a dude in a gorilla outfit. <laughs> but the interesting thing about this legend is that, according to Jansen Cox, the head curator of the South Carolina Cotton Museum and local lizard man historian, the lizard man has been around for centuries. Published in 1520, the testimony of Francisco de Chicora contains some of the first eyewitness accounts of southeastern Native Americans. 
and within those stories they tell of, quote, men with tails a meter long and as thick as a man's arm. Who, it's just me, and that's not, uh, that's, not, that's not a tale, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> that was my dick. It's dick. It's Shaq's dick. It was my dick. Uh, <laughs> who ate nothing but raw fish. It was just my, it was just my dick, Chuck. <laughs> uh, <laughs> also, it, I've been told that's a good diet. <laughs> just fish. It's high in protein. In March of 2015, paleontologists found skull and bone fragments in North Carolina, which led to the discovery of Carnifex carolinensis, the Carolina butcher, a land-dwelling crocodilomorph. Uh, car- Carnifex is a crocodile-like creature that walked on its hind legs and lived in the Carolina swamps about 230 million years ago. So, I'm sorry, are you telling me that's a real thing? Yes. Awesome. Yeah. There was a croc. There was a crocodile that walked on two legs. Yeah, there, there was like it was like a whole a croc, a crocodilomorph is like this. There was a whole like subspecies of these things. They kind of look. It's like the in between stage between dinosaur and like modern giant lizards, basically. Um, so some be- some believe that the lizard man could be a descendant of this creature, or an ev- like an evolved version that now walks bipedal like. Oh, you know what I mean? Oh. Okay, sorry. No, I just looked up a crocodile morph. They did not walk on two legs like I thought. It no, was going it's kind to. of like a leaned over kind of thing, like a T Rex. It's like a, it walks on two legs like a raptor. Right. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Okay. That not was bipedal. God right. damn yeah. it! I thought I, it was yeah. like a. I did too, oh. and then I looked it up, and I was like, oh. <laughs> oh damn well, anyway, so some people believe, believe that the lizard man could be a, an evolved descendant of this creature. The creature has become so famous that he now has his own annual festival. But Mason. What do you make of the lizard man? Spooky or kooky? I mean, it's all right. Not a lot of, it's not a lot of like, not a lot of meat on these on the no. bones of this one. You know what I mean? No. Like, yeah. I, what, like what? I don't know. I want to hear more stories. But... Right, and it was. It's only really been one full encounter, and then other was, yeah. other cases where people blamed it for well and then i guess the lady and the guy who the lady who photographed it and the guy who videotaped it so it's been three accounts in i mean yeah but i mean like what that was fucking i mean what it was just a man in a in a suit yeah yeah i i I like the idea it sounds fun in theory it sounds if there was more to it i would like it more but i think it's kooky uh, yeah. yeah, it's got the legs to be like a good like a rival of like Mothman and Sasquatch. Yes, I think so too. It and, does and it's, not you have know them, it's good for the yeah. town because Bishopville, where it was first reported, they right. they had a they, you know it was it was a huge economic boost for them because of tourism. So that's good. But oh, yeah. I, that's but you good. know it's as far as legends go, I don't think it's it's down on my towards the bottom of my believable scale. You know what I mean? So oh yeah, fair enough. Yeah. Uh, I have to admit, this one is also short, but it's, 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 while actually fascinating, it is so batshit strange that I really can't make any sort of conclusion or theories as to, as to what this next legend could have been. It's the legend of the third eye man. Hey, better than the legend of the third legged man, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> better than the legend of the one eyed snake, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Better than the legend of the purple helmeted yogurt flinger if you know what i'm talking about how many more of these are you gonna are you gonna do i'll stop there (laughs) something (laughs) lurks in the catacombs beneath the university of southern california first spotted gamecock (laughs) because they're the gamecocks yeah yeah first (laughs) spotted in 1949 by two usc students a man dressed in all silver was seen opening a manhole cover and disappearing underground one of uh-huh. Okay. Yeah, yeah. One of sure. the students worked for the school paper and wrote about their encounter. Six months later, a police officer was making his rounds around campus when he came across some mutilated chickens. He went to game his cocks. car. What? Gamecocks. Yeah, sorry. They call them Gamecocks. I'm just kidding. I don't... He went to his car to call his findings in, and upon returning to the spot where he had found the chickens, he now found himself staring at a man dressed in strange silver clothing. When the man turned around, the police officer reported that his face was a strange color and in the center of his forehead was a third eye. The police Paul rushed... Paul Bettany, training method acting for the role of vision. vision. 
when when uh the police officer rushed from the scene back to his car to request backup but when backup did arrive they found nothing this didn't stop the officer from telling that story for the rest of his life the next encounter would come in the 60s some members of a fraternity thought it would be a great idea to take their pledges in the dark catacombs beneath the school when they came around the first corner, they found a crippled old man dressed in all silver. He swung at them with a pipe and managed to strike one of them, knocking him down. The young man suffered minor scrapes and bruises, but managed to escape. A manhunt was started that night, but nothing and no one was found. The entrance to the tunnels have since been sealed, and there have been no more sightings since. What do you make of the third eye man, Mason? Spooky or I kooky? They, I think I think they murdered a, a janitor. <laughs> I think a janitor got killed because he was living in, underneath the school because he was here's homeless. The thing. I think whatever it, it sounds like it could have been an alien or you know what I mean some other mm, humanoid like yeah. creature. But I think what's interesting about this is that it seems it's not like a uh, a lizard man where it's been around forever. You know what I mean? It seems like it aged it was, as time went on, right? Because when they saw it in the yeah. in forty nine, it was a man, and then when they saw it mm. in like the late sixties, it was older and crippled or whatever. And then they never saw it again because they sealed those those tunnels because whatever it was, I think it just died down there. Yeah, um, I think it was a weird dude. I think it was <laughs> but a dude what about the third that was eye? Weird. You think I it was a, some he mutant man? Put something on? No, I think he probably just. Had a thing on his forehead. Yeah, he, a little Uzi Vert kind of situation where he put a diamond yeah. in his forehead. Uh, yeah, but yeah, I mean, honestly, I don't know. I think it, it also reminds me of. Did you watch? Um, did you watch the Watchmen series, yeah. the HBO series? You remember the Lube Man? The Lube. The guy man. who was dressed in like a silver like morph suit. Oh yes. And he like sprayed oil all over himself and like slid into a storm drain. Yeah. Yeah, I think it was him. I think it was that guy. It was like that. That's what I'm imagining. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um. Uh, to me, it's spooky. I just we. It's weird. It's weird. I like and, it. It's, and it's certainly. Yeah. It's certainly very fun. I it's wish a fun my campus legend. Like yeah. That. Yes. That it was super. It's super fun. It's it's nice because it's not just like it's a ghost and there's a ghost that lives on the guy. It's like it's like yes. some fucking weird th- guy with three eyes lives in the sewers. Right. Like, yeah, hell yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, well, anyway, with that, Mason, it's time to wrap the show up. If you like the show, make sure to leave a five-star review, which you can do in-app on, on Apple Podcasts, or as I just recently found out, you can do on Podchaser or Audible. Uh, we'd really appreciate it. Plus, it really helps the show, and we'll read your review on the show. You can help uh, support the show by going to patreon.com slash captainslogcast and donate a dollar. Anything helps keep the lights on. Another thing you could do to help the show and yourself is go over to TeePublic and shop our merch. Yes, that's right, we have merch. You can get anything from t-shirts to mugs with our logo on it. Remember, if you donate slash support our sponsors, it all goes towards improving the show, getting better recording equipment, etc. Mason, where can the fine listeners find you? Uh, Sifting through the catacombs of... South Carolina University trying to find my biological father. <laughs> His bones, anyway. His bones, yeah. You can also find Mason on Twitter and Mason Schrader. Go give him a follow. We want to get him to 25 followers. I don't want it. I don't want it. Well, okay, I don't we want need it, it anymore. I don't. You do. I know what's best for you. Social media makes me so... Yeah, that's why we got to get you on it, man. I want you to be <laughs> depressed. You can feel <laughs> more. I already am. You can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at j.valle underscore junior and the show on Twitter at Captain's Log Pod. We recommend various different materials on there, post show updates, tweet some occasionally funny and interesting things, so go check it out. You can also subscribe on YouTube where you can find me as Jose Valle Jr., Animal Productions, and of course the show's official YouTube channel, Captain's Log, which we are very close to having it uh up to date um if you can't get enough of me you can also listen to my other podcast with friend of the log max benyon called max and jose have something to say we had mason on a recent episode where we talked about things we would tell our younger selves and hilarity ensued so make sure you go listen to that now 
Uh, make sure to tell your friends and family about the show if you enjoy it. And if you'd like to share your favorite urban legends that didn't make the cut, or perhaps if you had encounters with any of the legends we discussed, please do so by writing into captainslogcast at gmail.com. You can also suggest episode topics, guests you'd like to have back, etc. Make sure to subscribe and download on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Play, and any other podcast directory. Thanks to Carlos Rivera for composing the show's theme. And with that, everybody, we have reached the end of our show. We'll see you soon for another episode. I've been your captain, Jose Valle Jr., joined by... First Officer Titty Boy Mason Schrader. And this has been Captain's Log. End of transmission. Boo!